With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want you to put your hands together and welcome him to the stage. Big round of applause for Jackson Heights' own Mr. Randy Watson. Yes, Randy Watson. <laughs> that boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and the edition today is part two of the NFL's free agent craziness entitled Quarterback Chaos. As if day one wasn't crazy enough, day two was really all about the quarterback position. But before I get into all of that, I have to uh, have to welcome back an old friend. Maybe you know him. Gotta get in your grandstanding and your hot dogging, don't you? Yeah! Yep, he's back with his grandstanding and hot dogging, but you know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, buddy, what's up? Goodness gracious, it is good to be back. What a crap show that has been going on in this place, man. The one day we rescheduled the last podcast I'm supposed to be on, I got all my sports canceled, and then my internet goes down for 12 hours. What? This is not the 19th century. I cannot just read for 12 hours. I am a spoiled millennial child that needs his safe spaces and his monitoring time. And I just missed my dear friend Memphis. How are you doing, dude? Good, man. I've had the good fortune of having some very nice people stop by and hang out and talk some up. Some foosball with me, a little bit of that football. Had John Debari on last Tuesday uh, previewing this free agent madness had Mark Schofield 
of the rookie scouting portfolio stopped by last Thursday. That was the one your internet crapped out on. And we, we covered the rookies and arguably one of my, I, I felt the most like a journalist in that show with Mark. And then uh, just yesterday, Kyle with the fellas, I, I sent him a text. I'm like, hey, dude, need a co-host tonight. He was like, hey, dude, you got one. He sends me a text. He's like, it's been the craziest day of free agency that I can ever remember. I'm like, it's 84 minutes old. Just hang in there, <laughs> big guy. It's, it's just getting started. But we have another guest tonight. Uh, uh, an international man of mystery. We're going to bring him on in just one second. Uh, but the Patreon, the Patreon continues to be bananas. Uh, they're breaking stories for me in a lot of cases. I, I just saw uh, some rumors of Todd Gurley and maybe Brandon Cooks to the Buccaneers. We're going to get into all that just in a second. But if you want to be part of the Patreon family, slide over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And man, we're, we're talking all things, free agents, startups, rookies, trades, the whole nine yards. Basically, we're building the best dynasty rosters around, again, patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. The uh, continual warning, uh, these shows can run a tad long, but we got a lot to cover and it's beneficial to your rosters to do so. Again, in just one day, another five-star review over on iTunes. Appreciate that very much. If you're quarantined or you're stuck working from home, man, there's never been a better time to slide over to iTunes and either create account or go to your account and leave us a five-star. Talk about the rookie content. Talk about the amazing guest list that we've had. But enough filibustering. Uh, let's talk about our guest tonight. He comes from the land down under. It is our old buddy, G, Greg, of the Aussie Guys podcast. G, welcome back, man. Branders, thank you very much. And Jerry, I actually was starting to doubt that Jerry was a real person, to be honest. I think what, this is about the second time in, geez, it'd be two years that we've been on together. And I, I, I hear you talk and I thought, Randy has split personalities. He's doing both of these. He should be getting a gig on like The Simpsons, Family Guy, just the voiceover. But I can actually see you're in front of my screen right now, Jerry, and you're actually a real person. Uh, well, maybe Randy actually could be so talented that he actually is popping up on the screen both ways. He could. He, he's manipulating this somehow. But no, it's, it, it's great to be on. Thanks for uh, inviting me back and get me out of work for uh, for a few hours. Um, boss doesn't know I'm gone. Um, and, and, and probably safer inside my house with everything that's happening in the world at the moment with the uh, coronavirus and whatnot. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a safe place at the moment. Yeah, hey, see, you get the choice. They make us stay here. Hey, hey G, yeah. G, let me ask yes. you a quick question. If if I could manipulate my voice to sound like anybody, why the hell would I choose Jerry? <laughs> this is I, good. This is fair, but that's listen, that's I have the voice of the angels. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, when, when when angels cry. But listen, we're uh, we're we're gonna talk a little bit about the uh, what's going on in the world at the end. But uh, but before we get too deep into what happened today. Uh, and I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys a lot. Again, these shows are just kind of off the cuff, uh, initial reactions, what it means to your dynasty roster, buy, sells, hold, something like that. I'll start with our guest, G. Was there a was there a move yesterday that you liked in particular more than than, than another? It's it's probably not so much the a move by a certain player, but what it actually helps a player on the team that that was left. Like I, I think um, 
being a Falcons fan, a bit devastated with the Hooper move. I understand that, you know, you, you got to pay somebody, and I don't think we're going to go and pay what has become the highest paid tight end in the NFL now. Um, our salary cap's not that great, so you can see that happening. Um, but, but not that it helps him, but I think it really helps Calvin Ridley. Um, they're, they're sort of, it's the guys that are still on teams um, that I'm excited about. Uh and it'd probably help him out the more. We've seen what he's done in the last two years. Um, when Hooper's not there, with Sanu gone as well, he's clear-cut the number two guy now. Um, Hayden Hurst comes there, but we... Geez, how many balls has Hayden Hurst caught in three years? About 48 or something like that. Um, so no idea. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I'd probably look at it more than... Not guys that have that come and gone, but guys that are in teams still, uh, that frees them up to become probably even the better player than we already know that he can be. All right. I can dig that a lot. Obviously, I was a big Austin Hooper fan. And, and for the record, yes. covered this a little bit with Kyle last night. I don't hate the landing spot. Baker has had a propensity throughout his career going back to college of using the tight end position. And I think Baker likes work in the middle of the field more than the sideline. So I don't think this is going to be necessarily horrible for Hooper. That and Jarvis Landry could start the season on the pup list due to a recent hip Injury, so I, I don't hate this for your boy Hooper at all. Jerry, what was your favorite move at day one? I mean, it has to be DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I've been on the Kyler Murray train this offseason where I really thought he was going to take that next step. Unfortunately for me, now everybody's on that damn train. So any league where I don't have him, he costs exponentially more than when I was trying to get him a week ago. Um, it's Cliff Kingsbury likes to pass the ball. Kyler Murray can pass the ball. He's tied to a young quarterback. It's an innovative system. They brought back Kenyon Drake, so he doesn't have to carry the whole load. I think it's going to give Kyler Murray more chances to run. And listen, he's not, he's not uh, Deshaun Watson. I, I mean, Deshaun Watson is a supreme talent, and we'll see if Kyler Murray can get there. But it's not a huge step down. Uh, it, uh, I think it's definitely a hit for Watson for now. I think they definitely take a wide receiver in the draft, hopefully one of these young studs that we want, and it helps their uh, dynasty value. But it, it's got to be Hopkins, because that was the one where we all looked at our phones and went, holy hell, yeah. no way. Well, you know what's weird is that Jerry doesn't listen to his own podcast unless he's got like a voice of, of the co-host, because this was the one that I, I liked actually the the least, because... Throughout the, the first seven years of his career, DeAndre Hopkins has averaged 150 targets a game. And if you throw out his rookie year where he had 91, he averages 160 targets per game. Uh, even though Arizona attempted more passes than Houston last year, I just don't see that kind of volume. And, and first-year wide receiver rookie connect, uh, excuse me, wide receiver quarterback connections aren't always a hit. And he's 27, almost 28. I mean, he's got plenty of good years left. I This is the one that, that I like the least. The, the one that I like the best, same team, different position. I like David Johnson getting his ass shipped off to Houston, and I love Kenyon Drake in that Arizona offense. And this is one that I was very proud of because this is one I consider a hit because I asked the question, why would you trade as a losing team for a running back midseason and throw away draft capital to use a guy for eight games unless you really, really liked him? And then your theory works out, and he does really, really good in your offense to let him walk in the in the offseason. So I love the Kenyon Drake trade there, uh, or uh, tag there. And 
over the last four games of the season, weeks 14, 15, 16, and 17, only Christian McCaffrey and Barkley scored, scored more PPR points in that four-week stretch than Kenyon Drake. So I think he's a natural. And now you add one more wide receiver like Hopkins. Plus, I think they draft a lineman now at eight. So uh, that was my favorite. But listen, that was yesterday. Uh, we're not going to be one of these classic podcasts that delivers yesterday's news tomorrow. we got to give you as most uh, the most recent news that we can. So, hey, have you guys heard Tom Brady's not going to be a Patriot anymore? <laughs> Good. <Guy>. System QB. <laughs> Man, I, I, I think Twitter about broke. And I got to give credit to Colin Cowherd. It was all over Twitter today. He broke the story basically on his radio show. I went back and listened to it, and he was texting during the show, and he he was saying that he had a source that said it was Tampa, and then it went to Fox Sports Radio as the confirmed source. Uh, but enough about credit to that. I, I want to talk to G. G, what does this do for the weapons in Tampa? And I, I have to assume it's going to be a two-year deal. The ink's not dry on the contract. What does this do for Tom Brady's, say, super flex value and the weapons there in Tampa Bay? Well, for starters, I think we're seeing Jameis Winston, once the, the music stops, he ain't got a chair to sit on. That That's that's the first thing for Jameis. Um, but 30 or 30 will do that to you, won't it? Um, well, it has to be a positive for Brady, for starters, because we've seen what he's been able to do in New England with thrown to nobody. Except, sorry, I shouldn't put Julian Edelman in there as a nobody. But now he gets, you know, he get he gets Godwin, he gets um, Big Mike Evans. Uh, it has to be a, sort of a tick up because I don't think any of us was really taking. I don't know where we taking Brady, but I wasn't taking him at. I wasn't even looking at him in, in fantasy. Um, not trading for him in dynasty, or I don't have him anywhere. I definitely wouldn't take him in in a redraft. Um, maybe now you sort of you do you start to you start to look at that. I don't know how he's going to get traded so much in dynasty. I, I still wouldn't be looking at him there because I, uh, I I just I don't know. It's a whole new scheme. What so what do they do? Do is it the way Brady wants to run it? Is it the way Aaron's wants to run it? Is he going to be able to fit in the whole new system? He's been what twenty years of his life. He's been in New England. Um, he do it with his eyes closed. He could. They could have a, another strike and he turn up on the day of a game with no practice and, and still run an offense. Um, but I, I think it really helps out pretty much everybody else on the team, all the receivers. Um, maybe uh, if anybody, it might hurt Mike Evans more, being the deep guy. Um, I think definitely, go, go, you've got to go out and, and, and grab him. Um, he's he's going to see a, a ton of beautiful balls uh, right where he wants them. Uh, helps the running game out um, because no one was really too scared of, of Winston. Okay, he throws the ball a hell of a lot. He puts up a lot of yards, but his accuracy and his decision-making was terrible. People know that's not going to be the same now with Brady being there. All right, and Jerry, anything on uh, touchdown Tommy and his new weapons? No, and I think it's sort of the the common theme that Mike Evans is going to take a hit because Tom Brady likes to focus on those slot guys, Wes Welker and Julian Edelman. I mean, we saw what the man could do with Randy Moss. Now, don't get me wrong. Mike Evans is not Randy Moss. Dude, that was a while ago. <laughs> I mean, it was, but it's, the dude can still just throw. All you got to do is throw it up to Mike Evans. 
The man is a superhuman that can run fast, jump high, and makes plays. I, I don't think he's going to take that big of a hit. Is he maybe a plateau dynasty asset that'll work his way to a descending asset in a year or two? Sure, but I think that was going to be the case anyway. Is Chris Godwin going to feast? Yeah. Yeah, my man is, because there's a thing about uh, Wes Welker and Julian Edelman, not the talents that Chris Godwin is. And like like G said about Jameis, that dude could throw it around. So we're not going to see that sort of volume. And that sort of sucks, uh, especially as someone that doesn't have to root for Tampa Bay to win and just wanted their fantasy points. It's a little bit of a hit. Hurts my soul just a little bit. Um, but as far as, as that's concerned, I don't think it's going to get crazy. Uh, I think they'll just let Tom do whatever the hell Tom wants to do. And if there's a man that's open and a man catches the ball, like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are able to do, they will get the ball. They will still be good assets. As far as New England, that's going to be a barren wasteland. Are they tanking for Trevor? Is that what we're doing? See, I, I don't think losing's embedded in Bill Belichick's DNA. I'll get to the. I agree, I agree but it, I mean, like, how I, are they going to win a lot of games? Like, I just, I can't. It, unless he it literally is the greatest coach that has ever coached the game. Big Buffalo's coming around. I don't love all the moves that Miami made, but there's a chance that they have a, a pulse. It, it, they could really struggle. I, I still believe in the power of the hoodie, and I have faith that that division does not know how to win yet. Uh, for, from the Tampa Bay side, I, I agree. I think it's going to be much more beneficial for Godwin. Uh, I think the tight end to, to, to look out for is Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait just feels like more of a Tom Brady guy than O.J. Howard. I could be wrong. Uh, they could they could, could run some interesting two tight end sets the way that Tom Brady did years ago with Cameron oh excuse me with Aaron Hernandez and Gronk and then the two wide receivers so what this offense will look like is is a real mystery and I, I'm really excited as far as Tampa Bay excuse me as far as New England I I think they go after Andy Dalton or maybe Cam but I don't see a Cam or a Jameis Winston fitting that offense. There's already been rumors pre-free agency that New England had some interest in Andy Dalton, and it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that Cincinnati's taken a quarterback, whether it be Tua or whether it be Burrow at the 1-0-1 in the NFL draft. So there, there's going to be a chair there. I just think that if you're Cincinnati, you get to get in because there's only two starting jobs left. One is L.A., the Chargers, one is New England, but I don't hate it. I mean, Julian Edelman's going to be whatever the new quarterback's best friend. I mean, whoever that person is, that's Julian Edelman's your go-to. James White's your second go-to. And the person that I've not heard anyone else talk about that this could be a big boon for is Sony Michelle. It could be put up or shut up time for Sony. They franchise tag their best offensive lineman. I could see them investing some more of their, what seems to be an infinite number of picks in the draft in that offensive line. So if you're looking for a low-key buy, because I could see what's Bill Belichick known for? A good defense. What did New England have last year? A really good defense. You slow the game down. You get a game manager like Dalton. You pound the ball with Sony. You mix in some Damian Harris. You play some defense. You win the division at 10-6, and six, and you get beat in the playoffs. Who says no? Jerry, who says I no? Mean, I mean, I, listen, I like that. That's a good strategy. Uh, I, I could easily see that coming. People? They've lost three defensive players, haven't they? In the... In the in free agency. Van Noy's gone. Um, Jamie Collins signed for the Jamie Collins, yeah. Is it only two? I thought it might be three. Is there someone else I'm missing? 
There are many defensive but... linemen that, that's gone. So all of a sudden, yeah, people might say, okay, Jamie, but Jamie Collins has been has been great uh, at in New England, and Van Noy's been fantastic. Very smart guy too, if you listen to him talk. Um, so okay, so we've lost a little defensive. Maybe our defense isn't as good as it was last year. I, I still think that with Bill Belichick, he always gets the most out of that defense. He's basically the defensive coordinator, and they're not done. Uh, just because that you don't win free agency in days one or two doesn't mean that you don't oh, no. that 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 they're not going to add pieces. And Van Oy was an older guy. I mean, he took the took the money with his old defensive coach down in Miami and Brian Flores. But a lot to unpack here. Uh, for the record, Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator down in Tampa. I have a feeling that much like when Tom Brady, excuse me, when Peyton Manning went to Denver, and he had a lot of input on the offense with Adam Gase. I have a feeling that Tom Brady is going to have a lot of input on this offense down in down in Tampa Bay. So let's go to the next one. Drew Brees uh, signed a, basically a two-year extension. It really feels more like a one-year, and then we'll see. So uh, Drew Brees said he's going to be a Saint or retire. You have to like it if you're a Mike Williams owner. You have to like it if you're an Alvin Kamara owner. Even a Jared Cook, it feels like Jared Cook at 33 is going to get a ride out his last couple of years with, with Drew Brees. G, do you have any, uh, do you have any shares of Mr. Brees, and how are you feeling about that for this offense? No, I don't. I've, I have actually never owned in any fantasy league, and I've been in a few. I've never had Drew Brees. I do have Michael Thomas, and I read a stat, mate. 41% of airborne targets last year went to went to Thomas. So if you, I was just thinking, if you're sitting there watching a, a a Saints game, every time the ball's in the air, you got a smile on your, or every second time the ball's in the air, you got a smile on your face, because it's going to your guy. That's incredible. So, uh, can they do that again this year? Well, no. Well, you know, history tells us that that that's not going to happen again. But it, look, it, it's good if you're a Drew Brees owner because. You get him for one more year. It's great if you're a Michael Thomas on it because you know you're going to be getting a heap of the ball. But Alva Kamara is going to be Alva Kamara. But it's just, it's the other guys that, if you, who else do you own? Cook. I don't have anything in Jared Cook. But I, I feel that they have to add another receiver. And that might be somebody that you look at. I, I don't know if they'll take him in the draft. I don't know what's still available in free agency. There's a couple of guys still out there. Um, I, I spoke about one guy, you know, like um, Demarcus Robinson. I thought, geez, I'd love to see him go somewhere. And I thought Saints. And then I thought, well, Drew Brees is not a downfield passer. Um, so, look, it, to me, it's at the moment, mate, it's pretty, with the Saints, it's pretty much same, same. And a lot of it's going to be psychological in New Orleans. Like three years in a row, they have been mate, absolutely shafted at the end of the season. And, and can you pick yourself up for a fourth, you know, four years in a row to get back there again? And now it's going to be even tougher if if Brady does good things at in at uh, at Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, you got somebody else uh, pushing you for that for that spot in the conference, in the division. And you got two Tom Brady versus Drew matchups a, a year. So that's going to be interesting. Jerry, anything on Drew Brees? And then you can roll right into another aged quarterback. And Big Ben restructured and looks like he's got two years left in the Steel City. So uh, give me something on these two older gents. 
Well, here's the thing. You guys are the two older gents. Uh, <laughs> you guys are the experts on this. Man, what the hell? No. Hey, got to take my shots. It's of, been a while. Just a bit of gray, man. It's just a bit of gray. You're a silver fox. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, uh, the thing about the Saints and Drew Brees, it's uh, like G said. Same old, same old. Listen, you're more confident. You are happy if you're a Michael Thomas owner, if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, because if they're bringing in Teddy Two Gloves or they're going to bring in a new one, I mean, I know Teddy signed, but you know, if, if you were thinking that was going to be the route going into the future, no way you were as confident. Just not going to. Drew Brees is an elite of the elite quarterback, Hall of Famer, one of the top five. I mean, he might be my favorite quarterback of all time, unless Stafford ever wins a damn Super Bowl which he might for the Patriots next year. Um, Why does that feel like that's, that's going to happen? I, I just, you know what, you, you say that and you almost speak it into existence. It's like Detroit is now going to take Tua at the 103, trade Stafford to the hoodie. They draft a wide receiver in the first round. Uncle Bill runs off another three Super Bowls with your boy Matt Stafford. And uh, history writes itself, Jerry. You just uh, popped a, a hell of a narrative into my head. We will oh have. Oh my God, that's we, a knife in your heart, Jerry, isn't it? There, there, oh. would, there would be a Patreon with me just saying different four-letter words in different languages and at different volumes if that were to happen. I would be happy for him, but that would be exactly what would happen in 2020. Uh, you're but, a fan. You're a fan of history, Jerry. I am a fan of history. You're, you're, you're same as me, mate. So. You know, back 60 in the years days. of ineptitude of the Detroit <laughs> Lions. Oh, yeah. So you know all about the, the, the Roman days and what they used to do, like just grab a knife and drive it through your heart. That's what they did. They had no problems in doing it. That's I see you as a, you know, as Caesar. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's all and Rome's fallen. And Jerry just goes to his knees as. You know, your quarterback goes and wins Super Bowls in New England, and you just drive that knife straight through your heart. Oh, I don't I, mean I, to get too dark, mate, but I, I thought you had that backwards because I feel like I'm Caesar because Jerry's been killing me for a while. <laughs> but but uh, no, I, I don't want to turn this into a, to a rookie show. But I really feel like two is the best fit for that Lions offense. You need something young. You need something exciting. And by the time that I think Detroit's really ready to compete. Matt Stafford's going to have aged out. And Tua just feels like he would be young. He would bring some excitement to that building, some juice to that franchise. You just signed Chase Daniel as a, as a solid veteran backup. And you, you, you give Matt Stafford the, the chance to go flourish somewhere else. I mean, this is, goes back to building your dynasty rosters in Superflex. If you're not ready to contend, you know, you got to move some of them aged pieces. And I just... I get why you have Matt Stafford. Jerry, let me ask you a quick question. You ready? Yep, shoot. Is the gentleman that is your current GM there in Detroit, is he the same guy than that drafted Stafford many moons ago? Hell no. Well, the, the, that, the, was, that was three GMs ago, I think. Well, well, then why hang on to the guy? Get your guy. Get Tua. Get the wave of the future. But I, I don't want to go too far down a speculative path because we still have a lot of stuff that actually happened to cover. My thoughts on the Big Ben thing is, is this is great for Juju. This is great for the other wide receivers in Deontay Johnson and James Washington. Oh, a little known fact that we're not going to cover a lot, but they also signed Derek Watt, brother of TJ, brother of JJ. 
uh, as a fullback. And I really like this for James Conner. I've been a James Conner guy uh, just for this season. I'm not a long-term James Conner guy. I'm a short-term James Conner guy. Uh, I think that with Big Ben coming back from the elbow surgery, they're not going to be slinging it all over the yard like they were a couple years ago. He's going to get off to a slow start. So what do you do? You put a fullback in the backfield, and you let a guy in a contract year like James Conner go for broke. And I think they've got enough running backs there with Samuel, with Benny Snell, and Conner that they can let that ride. But for Juju owners, you got to love it. Gee, I didn't get much out of you on Big Ben. Uh, I know you're not much of a Big Ben guy, but uh, what do you think about his impact uh, returning to this offense? I, I do they pick up from two years ago? As, as far as the running back, I think if if Connor's not your guy, I, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm not in on Samuels and Snell. Um, they they you. had the they had their opportunities last year, um, and they didn't look good at all. Um, I, I know you, you, that's putting a lot on on young guys, but yeah, the fullback yes helped Connor out without a doubt. Uh, Juju. <laughs> Mate, he definitely needs Ben back. Uh, the, the like the quarterback situation last year was uh, it was prob it was the worst in the NFL without a doubt. Um, so geez, if you didn't go out and buy Juju last year, uh, you you possibly may have missed the boat on you know the stock market at the moment. Um, but yeah, as for Ben. I, Ben's going to be Ben. I, I don't think elbow injury, it, it, Ben is going to be exactly the same person as you could be, because it's not an injury thing. It's a personality thing. And that's just the person he is. Uh, and it's the way that he's always played. I can't see him changing it. I think he's just going to come out and start slinging it. Uh, probably pretty good for Washington, uh, that downfield stuff. But I, I, to me, the only people that helps basically is Connor. Uh, because they can actually throw the ball now, and I, it has to help Juju because just just on his numbers alone, what we we saw the drop away from last year. All right, well here's the new here's Jerry's chance to stab me repeatedly with the knife of of doom, the knife of Caesar, if you will. The Colts sign old man Phil Rivers to a one year uh -huh. deal. To a one year deal. Uh, I don't drop the f bomb on this show, but man, do I want to. I'm not a fan. I don't think he's better than Jacoby Brissett. And before I get into Phil, I did hear a rumor today floated that the Colts could trade Jacoby back to New England for a pick, considering they gave up a, a first for Buckner yesterday. I don't know about that. I will just roll right into my sadness so I can listen to Jerry and G try to either uh, twist the knife or make me feel just a little bit better. I guess trading for DeForest Buckner, re-signing Anthony Costanzo, and signing Phil to a one-year deal tells me that Chris Ballard thinks this team can compete. And they have arguably the best offensive line in the league, if not definitely one of the top three. Uh, now you have DeForest Buckner in front of De Darius Leonard. And if Malik Hooker and Gathers could ever stay healthy at safety, that's pretty strong up the middle of the defense, we would need, you know, some some corner help. But back to Phil and the dynasty aspect, it's a one-year deal. If you can get anyone, and I mean anyone, to give you a second-round pick in this current year's draft or a 2021 second, 21-20, 21 class, pretty loaded in its own right. Take it. 
and run like a scalded dog because you just stole something. I think Phil will be fine there. He knows the offense. He has ties to Reich. He has ties to the offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni. I think this could be very good for T.Y. Hilton if he stays healthy. It could be helpful for our boy Jack Doyle. And I've seen a lot of people professing love for Naheem Hines in that Austin Eckler role. I got news for you. Marlon Mack was a lot better pass catcher than people realized when he came out of uh, whatever Central Florida school that he came out of. I can't remember. There's so many. South Florida. South, well, yeah, so many non-power, what I would consider power schools. There's Miami, there's Florida, there's Florida State, and then there's the rest. He was, He went to the rest. But with that offensive line, man, and then Paris Campbell, don't forget, I think Mike Williams averaged 20 yards of reception last year. And, and Campbell's a speedster. So could be good things for the offense. What the hell, for all I know, Phil could come in here and be a top eight fantasy QB. You know, indoors, <laughs> not nine, ga- nine games a year indoors. And, and I laughed too, but then I went back and realized that he was 12-4 and four calling plays for the, the Chargers two years ago. He's clearly got a better coach. He's clearly got a better offensive coordinator than I think he had in L.A., uh, it's just going to be a matter of if it's Phil Rivers who's snake bitten, or if it's uh, the the Chargers who are snake bitten. And people say, "Well, how do you think Phil Rivers landed there?" I'm like, "That guy's got nine kids. If anyone's a smooth talker and can talk himself into something, <laughs> it's Philip Rivers. He's a silver tongued devil, if you know what I'm talking about." Jerry, twist the knife, kid. Twist it. I, I was I was going to say that he's talking his wife into the night when she says, "I've got a headache." He's worked his way around that brilliantly, nine times at least. That woman has spent at least a decade of her life pregnant. Let let that sink in. So this guy's got something working for him. So he's my quarterback. I don't love it, but I I gots to support him. Jerry, what do you got on Uncle Phil? It's a weird situation. So as soon as I saw it, I was about to send you a text, and I said, you know what? Randy is pissed. And I was like, I'm just going to leave Randy be. Because I know he didn't want this. He said he didn't want things like this. It's a weird situation. Clearly, they think they're going to win. Now, maybe with a better offensive line, maybe Rivers doesn't, you know, do what Phillip Rivers does. Um, I. It's just a weird move. You have to think you're going to win immediately. They have to not trust the Titans run. You have to assume that Bill O'Brien will do Bill O'Brien things, and you can, you know, take the division. Jacksonville's Jacksonville. Well, he already is doing Bill O'Brien things. So. That's what that's what I mean. So I think they yeah. just sort of assume that everyone else. They're. Just, I really think they're banking on Tennessee not repeating what they did, and everyone else just crapping their pants. And maybe they can win the division, and maybe Philip Rivers can go on a run, a three, four Joe Flacco style run. Long term, I don't know how it's a good move. I know that you weren't in a great spot to get a quarterback. You were settling for the third or fourth best option in the class, and that's usually not the best strategy, sort of the the Derek Carr of the world. But uh, it, it's just weird. I don't know. It's, you, it, that's, a, that's a good point, Joe, because, it, okay, you've given away your first, and, and mate, Buckner, a machine. Absolutely. What, what a yep. great pickup. Like that, mate, he's, give up a first for that? Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. But okay, so you go into this year. You got you got Philip Rivers. Next year, if you're going to make a run, where are you going to end up? Yeah, you win the division. You you win a pick. Twenty third, twenty eighth pick. Yeah, yeah, twenty eighth pick. You're not going to get a quarterback 
down there. There's a couple, there's some good guys next year. They'll go. So you sort of, unless you can go and grab somebody else, I don't know how you're going to do it. And you always come to those, you know, those bridges when you come to it and you work it out then. Um, but that's sort of, you sort of buried yourself at the quarterback position for at least the next two years. Well, it's luckily, not, and listen, I agree. Luckily, it's only a one-year deal, and I would just say this: the Colts, the Colts still have the thirty-fourth overall pick in the draft, and there's a good wow. chance that a Jalen Hurts could fall there. There's a good chance that uh, Jordan Love could fall there, and this has been, from what I've read all along, this has been the plan was to pick up Philip Rivers and try to get a rookie in that spot. I don't know that they'll actually get a rookie in that spot. But you never know. They've got the 34th and the 44th uh, overall picks, as well as the 75th. I don't think that moves them up too far. But you never know. Is, um, is, is there someone else that we don't know about that they may like at the quarterback I, position? I know that this. talking about. Uh, again, I mentioned that, that he broke the, the Tom Brady story. Colin Cowherd said that he believes Jacob Eason's going in the first round of this draft. And I had the exact same conversation with Mark Schofield Last week from the rookie scouting portfolio, we both feel like a team toward the back end of round one is like somewhere mm-hmm. with like 29, 30, 31, 32 in there. We feel like someone's going to trade up into those last four picks to take Jalen Hurts and to take Jacob Eason so that you have that club option fifth year the same way Baltimore did Lamar Jackson. They traded back in, took him with like the 31st or the 32nd overall pick. And I really feel like the Colts, if they're sitting there and they like one of the quarterbacks, they've got enough draft picks to trade up three or four spots to get the quarterback of the future. So uh, don't know. I know they have both Jacoby Brissett and Phil Rivers for one more year. Then it's TBD. I'll just say this as a Colts fan. I, I, I got to trust in Ballard. You know, all this guy's done for the most part is hit home runs. And when he doesn't hit a home run, he still hits doubles and singles and triples and, and, and drives them in. And I got to be honest, the, 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 this team, had they not lost Andrew Luck with what they've got going on right now, this team would be scary. And the games between the Colts and the Chiefs and the Colts and the Ravens would be fantastic. Unfortunately, Andrew wanted to be a dad, but I want to circle all this back around to Dynasty. I think this is going to give you, in season, a nice sell-high window on T.Y. Hilton. One more round if you got your Paris Campbell, Campbell shares. Hold, hold, hold. Uh, yes, those, Paris the, Campbell. Those that dudes, short area. That, that's, where he, that's where he excels last year, wasn't it, at well, Rivers? Well, again, I continue to think that the, the world just wants to play one-for-one one comparisons that uh, Naheem Hines, he fits that Austin Eckler role, maybe. But maybe Austin Eckler's Austin Eckler. But maybe they're going to get the ball in space into the hands of a guy like Paris Campbell. So Paris Campbell, uh, a firm hold. Again, I mentioned Mike Williams, big time you know, yards per reception. Going to be interesting and a, a fun offense to watch. All right, we've got a couple of more quarterback stories, and then we've got a little bit of the, the running back wide receiver position. Teddy B. Oh, sorry, sorry. Right before you move on, sorry. Just, a, just about Paris Campbell. When Paris Campbell came out, and your your guy last year was, um, sorry, uh, his name's escaped me. I had it there for a second. Jacoby um, Brissett. No, no, from um, the, um, the wide receiver. McLaren. You're Washington. talking about Terry McLaren. Yeah, yeah, Terry McLaren. So I looked at Terry McLaren and 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 Paris Campbell as two similar guys. Like I was sort of comparing those two, which two I like from last year's class, and I, I went Paris Campbell because I think. After the catch, Paris Campbell is mate. He's he's lightning. 
you see, so if he gets some of that short area stuff from Philip Rivers, it, it, it is about the only area that I think Philip Rivers is any good anymore. Uh, if he can get him in space, mate, this, this guy's yards after catch could be uh, right, right up there with the best of them next year if he can stay healthy too. Well, the cool thing about Campbell is that he had a hamstring issue early, midway through the season. Then he broke a hand, and his dep- his dynasty value is to the point to where. If you can catch someone slipping during your rookie draft with like that late second, early first, and you know someone's just clamoring to get their guy there, man, offer him that pick for Paris Campbell. This was a yep. guy who was going between the, the 110 and the 202 last year, and he just got a quarterback upgrade. I mean, theoretically, at least the, the GM thinks he did, so he's one that I'm in, and I think, quietly, the... Carolina Panthers got a quarterback upgrade. Was never a big Will Greer guy. I thought Kyle Allen, who he is going to be the backup there. And we're going to talk about Cam here in just a minute. They did extend Kyle Allen uh, with a one-year extension. But Teddy B, Teddy Two Gloves, is going to be the, the starter there in Carolina. I love it for DJ Moore. We saw Mike Evans, excuse me, Mike Thomas's production not miss a beat in those five and a half games with Teddy Two Gloves. And I don't think he's going to miss a beat with DJ Moore. I think Curtis Samuel could be unlocked. I don't think he has to be this big air yards guy. He was a running back at Ohio State. He could be unlocked. Uh, going to be interesting to see how they use Ian Thomas at the tight end position. It's going, to be, it's going to be interesting to see if Christian McCaffrey can repeat all those receptions. And I can tell you this, I love Matt Rule and I love Joe Brady, what he did with that LSU offense. And him and uh, Teddy Two Gloves, Brady and... Joe Brady, not Tom, but Joe Brady and Teddy Two Gloves have a connection going back to uh, 2018 in New Orleans. I like everything about this. This is going to be so much fun, especially with a craptastic defense in Carolina. Jerry, what you got on Teddy Two Gloves? Listen, so I'm buying in on this Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray thing, but is there a real chance that this Matt Rule Carolina offense is actually the one that deserves the hype? Because DJ Moore is going to be a machine. Christian McCaffrey's got a shot at over 100 catches yet again. Probably should walk to it. Like you said about Curtis Samuel, there's a let's talk about a dude that's awesome that just has never been in a situation because of Curtis Samuel and or because of Christian McCaffrey and because of DJ Moore. Listen, I'm not going to go down the Ian Thomas train because I've I've jumped on that train and I've had to you know jump off and roll a few times. Nah, dude, stay with me. Stay with listen, me. Listen, I'm not. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not done I'm with it. I'm holding you from jumping off. I'm, I'm not done with off. it. But if you think I'm sprinting to that train to jump on it, oh no! If I can jog to it easily, <sighs> then I'll jump on it. You're a lazy uh, bastard. Yeah. Get, get listen, speed up, Mike. listen, I can see this guy right now, and of, I am way lazier <laughs> than you. Uh, I mean, but you ride kangaroos and stuff, and you got to beat up dingoes or whatever yeah, you guys wrestle do. crocs. Yeah, see? God, stereotypes, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I really love that offense, the way it's going. Not a huge Cam guy. I think me and Randy crapped on Cam in that offense pretty much the entirety of 2019 and 2020. And then, you know, I think we were both in on Kyle Allen a little bit, having a little bit of hope. It wasn't the case. Uh, Okay. And the thing about Teddy is he doesn't throw the ball down the field a ton. And I think that's perfect for what they have. He's safe. And it's, 
And that's fine because they Beautiful. have t- they have tons of guys that are just going to feast in that situation. I like it. I promise you I'm going to be buying in on those guys. And Curtis Samuel, like you said, Randy, that dude is a lot cheaper than he should be. And I promise Jerry's just going to eat that little boy up. Let me just get all those shares and let me just store those away. And, and don't for- a, that, and don't forget that they all- play in a, in a division where scoring is going to be required because the Bucks are going to score. The Saints are going to score, and I think the Falcons are still going to score. That's at least six games where they're going to have to fire the ball around the yard just to keep up. What were you going to say there, G? No, I was just going to say the, the eight him up. I just it doesn't say <laughs> I, I, I tried to backpedal it at the end. I realized it too. He, he, no, he, he, he meant that he in, a good, in a good sort yeah, of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I took it like a gingerbread man type look. But Ian, Ian Thomas, this is – I'm really looking forward to this because Cam just, outside of Greg Olson, he just looks over the top of anybody else that's sort of in that part of the field. If he can't throw it downfield and be a bit of the hero, I've always found Cam Newton a little bit of a, a hero thrower. And he's sort of, if it's not downfield, I'll just I'll just run it myself. Um, but I, I really like the Ian Thomas of this year. I reckon if you can go out and get some uh, Ian Thomas shares, and you're going to get them pretty cheap, uh, I'd be out and just just buying up a few, if uh, and even like you said, Randy, when the um, rookie draft comes along and you start getting into that, you know, if you're at the end of the second round and you don't like anybody there, start of the third, um, just make an offer because I don't think anybody's going to. People always like the new shiny toy. We know that there's a there's a ton of wide receivers in this year's draft. Is it is it a a, a great draft for wide receivers? Well, I don't think there's any like. We talk about this every year. Like, there's no Julio. We know all that, but it's deep. But it's it's just gradual. It's just sort of flatline. A lot of guys similar, um, and, and a lot of it this year more than any other year. I think it's going to depend on where they actually go to, um, and what scheme they get put into. Um, so just go and mate, if you got a if you got a third, just go and ask the owner of Ian Thomas. Do you, would you would you give him for a third? I I my I think a lot of people would probably take that because once you're on the clock, man, people just want more rookie draft picks. They do love them some rookie draft picks. All right, here's your chance. We're, we're going to talk one one guy, and we're going to talk uh, some speculative uh, landing spots, and that's Cam Newton. You know the the Panthers said that they have given Cam Newton and his agent permission to seek a trade, and Cam's like, no, I didn't ask for this. You threw me out on my ass. And said, uh, you know, that was one of those old, uh, here's your hat, watch your hurry type moves from the Carolina Panthers. It's like, it's been great, but you got to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with my speculation first. I think he goes to the L.A. Chargers. They need a quarterback. They just signed his former guard or traded for his former guard, Trey Turner. They just signed another uh, tackle today. They've got the sixth overall pick to add another tackle. You've got two good weapons in Allen and Williams. You've got Hunter Henry. You've got Eckler in the backfield. There's word they could sign Melvin Gordon. And you're going into a brand-new stadium, potentially, construction issues notwithstanding. And you're going into a brand-new stadium in a market that already has LeBron James, that has Kawhi Leonard, that has the Rams, that at some point will have USC football, that has a lot to compete with. And and you couldn't fill up a soccer stadium in L.A. You need a star. You need a guy like Cam Newton. He's big into fashion. He's big into 
Instagram. He's a big social media guy. He's a former MVP. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's the kind of guy that they really need. I think that L.A. wanted Tom Brady for that very same reason. But, man, Cam's got to be your next best choice. I mean, who are you going to bring in? The interception machine that is Jameis Winston? He's not putting butts in the seats. You're going to bring in the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton? He's not putting butts in the seats. At this At this point, they've got to put a winner on the field, and their best chance to put a winner on the field is Cam. Cam's going to go somewhere. The problem is is that Carolina has screwed this all up. This is what they call in poker overplaying your hand. Everybody knows that you're getting rid of him now. So everybody can just wait. Why, why should I give you a pick if you're just going to cut him anyway and I can re-sign him for whatever I want to re-sign him for? But again, if you're L.A. and you want to ensure that you get him, maybe you offer a, a couple of picks and be like, hey, look, we know where you're at with this. Uh, there's not a huge market. And you get him. But L.A. Chargers makes the most sense to me for both Cam and the Chargers. That's my speculation. Jerry, where are you at with old Cameron Newton? I think that would be a good spot for him. I, As far as his fantasy prowess going forward, no thank you. I promise you I will not own any Cam Newton. But as an NFL standpoint, the Chargers are not that bad of a team. They're not that far off. Now, Phillip Rivers was a bit of a dope with the football. Very Jameis Winston-esque which is why I definitely don't think they're going to go that route. But I could see it. Really, I really think we're seeing sort of the end of Cam Newton. Uh, he's a dude that, like you said, I could see him liking the limelight of L.A. Because have you seen the things that dude wears? You say he's into fashion. I call it nuts. But I am... Oh, uh, man, I love his fashion sense. I am a Midwestern boy, so uh, <laughs> Levi jeans and flannel. a t-shirt is about flannel. Flannel I have some. I have some flannel, damn it. <laughs> so, so what Jerry is saying is he does not have a wicked scarf collection. All right, G, what do you think about Cam Newton and where he could wind up? Because there's only if, if he fancies himself a starter, and I got to venture a man with an ego the size of Cam's, it's either New England or L.A., but where do you see him winding up? Well, G oh, actually does have a wicked scarf collection too. I, I I actually do have a fair few scarves, believe it or not. Uh, but believe it, uh, I do. I like my fashion. Every my every season, I go out and I put some money aside and I go and update, and I'm all over that. I'm all over that. Um, mate, it's the only chair left, isn't it? Like we already spoke about, Belichick doesn't want someone like Cam Newton. Mate, he he let Gronk be Gronk, but I don't mate, Cam's a different kettle of fish. Um, Fits perfectly, like like you spoke about Rand, uh, Randers Memphis. I call you Randers, sorry, dude. But he fits perfectly into that Adelaide lifestyle. You could just you could just see it. Um, as for that's the only chair left, basically. But man, ooh, I like as far as fantasy goes. What does it do for Mike Williams? Like he doesn't mind throwing the ball, and this is another problem. We got the shoulder. The same last year with a whole new shoulder throw, uh, the style, um, the way he releases it now. But if he can get back to th- throwing bombs, he doesn't mind throwing them. Like I said, he's a bit of a hero thrower. Oh, I like I like it for Mike Williams. I, I don't hate it there for Mike Williams myself. It, you got to have a guy. Uh, but it would be very interesting. It's It's the one that's going to have the most dynasty impact of all the landings left. All right, we're going to buzz around a, a couple of these uh, lower, we'll call them lower tier stories. 
Jordan Howard to Miami, two-year deal. I think uh, he's getting ready to have a bad case of deja vu. He got traded last year to the Philadelphia Eagles, who invested highly in a young rookie running back in Miles Sanders, and you lost your job. So I think that's going to happen again. But it's cool. It seems like Jordan Howard's the kind of guy who's a good mentor, a pro's pro, if you will, kind of like what Josh McCown was for uh, Sam Darnold a couple of years ago. I think what Case, what Cleveland hopes Case Keenum can be for Baker Mayfield. And he's basically going to keep the seat warm. Miami was actually one of my favorite landing spots for a rookie. This signing does not dissuade me from still thinking the same thing. Jerry, anything quickly on Mr. Howard? I think you hit it perfectly. And I think that's exactly why Miami brought the man in because of the Philadelphia situation last year. Listen, if you're a running back, you have to know your window is very small to play in this league. And if you're Jordan Howard and you can't catch passes and you're sort of touch reliant, let's say. It, it, it's just a good situation. Like you said, pro's pro, going to help a rookie because they're drafting a rookie. God, they would rip my heart out if they didn't. We've all been so dependent on Miami Dolphins taking a running back. And, you know, he was good for Miles Sanders. And you're a rookie. You don't want to take the whole workload. You're not ready for the NFL yet. As much as we like to go, these guys are going to trans- translate well to the NFL. You get there, and it's different. It's a whole different world that they're not ready for. Just let him ease you in. Let him make you realize that it's okay. I think it's a perfect situation for them. Uh, I won't have Jordan Howard because he's not going to be relevant for a fantasy roster. But as an NFL move, I think it is a great NFL move. All right, G, what you got on the Jordan Howard? No, I, I agree. As as a fantasy option, is someone that I would – Mate, I'd rather go and take a chance on a rookie, to be honest. Um, and he's just that guy. He's a we we need three yards. He'll give you he'll give you four, and and that's what he's become. He's a good goal line back, um, and and pretty much it'll it'll be. I don't know him how how well he did with Miles Sanders, but obviously you guys said that he was he's a good mentor. So if that's what you're bringing someone in the building, and you need those guys, you you the they do have a value to um to a uh, a dressing room uh, full of young guys. And that, look, let's face it, Miami's going to be a room of, full of young guys. Um, so having a really good mentor like that is what you need. And yeah, he's just going to, he's just be that guy. He's just going to keep running to the pile all the time. Um, but yeah, fantasy wise, um, move on. And, and I'll just take whoever they pick up as the rookie. That's the guy that I'll be going grabbing. All right. And then this last running back story is Matt Breda was given a second round tender. By the, San Fran- by the San Francisco 49ers, and then they restructured with Jarek McKinnon. So currently, unless someone ponies up a second for Breda, they've got Breda, McKinnon, Coleman's still there, and then Raheem Mostert. Jerry, which one of these four horsemen do you most want on the, uh, the teams of Jerry? Not a damn one, Randy. And that is a lazy take, but I promise you I will have none of them. You know why? Because you said four names. And four names is too much of a headache for me to deal with week in and week out. And the chance that three of them get hurt or one of them becomes bad and two more get hurt, you're just praying that the 2019 situation happens and then that a person like Raheem Mostert can remain relevant for long periods of time. Too many ifs, too many buts, no thank you, sir. I, I am, There will be best ball weeks 
where a lot of these guys are very relevant. As far as a championship contender relying on them week in and week out, I don't want a damn thing to do with any of them. Correct. All right, G. So you're giving that a copy? You're copying Jerry's answer? No, no. I heard someone cough. Sanitize that thing down, mate, before someone comes in, you know, within 1.5 meters of it. But, um, what the hell's no, a 1.5 meters? We don't know what the hell you just said. Oh, you got yards, don't you? You got yards. Well, I don't know. What's, what's, feet. 1.5 yards, feet. What are you guys into? Mate, get, get with the rest of the world. Like, for God's sake. I don't know. Is it a metric system? I don't know what it is. Um, but no, look, I'm a, I'm a, a mustard guy. I, I, I think if you give him the number one job, uh, he could he could be a very productive fantasy guy for you, um, mate. He's he's got lateral movement. He's powerful. We've mate. We've seen him in open sp- space. He's got the speed. Um, but yeah, the the Tevin Coleman thing having four backs. I'm just glad that they gave the uh, the second round tender on Brady because he was like he was one of the guys that list about five guys at the Falcons. And my God, I don't want him at the Falcons. Um, so they're not going to give a second round. They're, they're, they're giving away picks at the moment. Um, so um, I think they've already given away their second, didn't they, for Hayden Hurst? Um, so no, look, geez, if I was going to take one of them, who would you take? I, I'd be I'd be back at uh, Mossett as as the guy that I'd be taking out of the four, and no. I, I I can't I can't touch the other three. Yeah, so. And the reason they've got four is because they all get injured. Now, you're exactly correct. And I, I was hoping that Breda would have went up to Seattle or to Miami or Houston before David Johnson got there. Maybe maybe Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have an, equal, an evil plan to package Breda and Garoppolo and like a fourth for Deshaun Watson in Houston. I mean, <laughs> B- 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 Bill O'Brien, he, he just says yes. And speaking of Bill O'Brien – uh, he decided that he's going to give Randall Cobb a three-year, twenty-seven million dollar deal, eighteen million guaranteed. I actually kind of, I actually kind of like it. I don't think there's going to be any fantasy value, but we talked earlier about Jordan Howard being a pros pro. I think that's Randall Cobb. He's just a pros pro. He's going to go in. He's going to help move some chains, give an option. They've they've got a couple of nice deep threats in Will Fuller and Kenny Stills. Don't know what Kiki QT is or ever will be. They re-signed Darren Fells. The guy that I'm looking to put on the back end of my dynasty rosters is Cahale Waring, the second-year tight end out of San Diego State. I know it's San Diego something, but I think it's San Diego State. Converted water water polo player, for those of you that are into the water polo uh, dynasty leagues. Uh, d- definitely someone I'm looking into, uh, but, but not a whole lot of dynasty value. If you happen to have him on the back end of a roster and you can find a Texans fan that will give you a third for him, he gone. Jerry, anything? Water polo? Something? <laughs> yeah, I, I had to cover my mouth. I was laughing at water polo dynasty. Listen, at this point, that's all we're going to have on ESPN anyway. Uh, here's the thing. I think the best thing about what the hell Houston's got going on is that they're going to draft somebody for Deshaun Watson. And that's the good news. I think we were sort of relying on Arizona taking one for Kyler Murray, one of these top-end wide receivers. If they do go with a wide receiver for Deshaun Watson, he's going to have tremendous value because Deshaun Watson is freaking awesome at this game. And like you said, Bill O'Brien, what the hell are you doing, man? How are you going to save Penn State and then just crush the Texans like that? 
It's that dude is the guy that bails on a dynasty league after a year. He trades, he has the worst team and he trades the first pick that ends up being Saquon. And then he bails on the league and some, some poor guy has to take over the worst orphan in the league. It's, it's just crazy. All right. So there, there is the day two recap. We're going to go around the horn. We're going to call this last little section, the best of what's left. The best of what's left at quarterback is obviously Jameis and Cam. Uh, as well as Andy Dalton. I still I would say Andy Dalton. Uh, maybe Jacoby Brissett is the odds-on favorite to land in New England. I heard people say Josh Rosen. I'm like, man, get out of here. Uh, running back position, Melvin Gordon, Devonta Freeman, a Jerry favorite. And then at the wide receiver position, Robbie Anderson, Emmanuel Sanders, and Brashad Perryman. I thought there had been more buzz on these guys. And then at tight end, it gets pretty, pretty gross pretty quick. Eric Ebron. And Tyler Eifert, although with with 33-year-old tight ends getting, you know, production this day and age, if Tyler Eifert can stay healthy another season and lands in the right spot, maybe he can he can be a contributor on a best ball roster, but not someone I'm actively pursuing. All right, so out of these guys, Jerry, who, who are you most uh, interested to see find a new home? I think it's Jameis Winston, because where if he ends up somewhere, wherever he ends up, they're going to sling the ball around and the pass catchers are going to be relevant and more of them than we're used to most likely on a team like that, because he could make anybody great. I mean, this man had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, both dominant. He had Perriman. It was, he didn't throw to the tight ends. We all wanted OJ Howard SOB, but the offense is just going to, have a lot of air yards it's gonna have a ton of passing yards and that's all good for fantasy it's bad for football because he's gonna throw it to the other team too but that doesn't bother me i don't care i watch lions quarterbacks do that i'm used to it as far as everybody else a whole bunch of meh i don't know i just like ebron he's got feet for hands i don't care about him you talk about if eifer's healthy well if ifs and butts were candy and nuts it'd be christmas all year long Robbie Anderson, he's just a guy. Perriman's just a guy for me. Uh, Freeman, I feel like the Lions are going to sign him, and I'm going to not love it because it's going to ruin Carrion and Freeman. I think he's, depending where Freeman goes, there's another guy. Sorry if I'm well, stealing Car- your guy. Carrion's seven guys a year that he plays. Yeah, hey, that's fair. But listen, we were saying the same thing about Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook, and all of a sudden they were healthy for 16 games, and they were great. But... That let's talk about ifs and buts and candy and nuts again. That's the carry on Johnson situation. I think Freeman has a chance if you're a contender, depending where he lands. He is, I think he got one year with him. And I think that's it. And that's another situation. I just think wherever he lands, I said it earlier today, and on a committee and he's going to be on the plus side of that committee to start. So I think his value is better than his perception. So if I am a true championship contender, I don't mind throwing an offer out for him. But as far as long-term dynasty assets, I think wherever Jameis lands, the people in that offense are beneficial, not him himself. All right, G, who uh, who is the best of what's left for you? I like I like the Jameis call. That's good, Jerry. It's true. It's not it's not him. It's everybody else around him. Like you don't lose points if you're wide receiver and he throws interception. So that's great. Um, I think Rob Robbie Anderson. I think he'll go back to the Jets. I think I think they have to. Um, Emmanuel Sanders was someone I was looking at going, geez, if Tom Brady stayed at the Patriots, 
just just for another year, just put it all together. E- even go and grab Eric Hebron and, and you get him for nothing, and stick him stick him in uh, New England. That would have been handy. But now that with um with Brady going, that's that's shot those down. Can, can I bring up? Can I bring up someone? Is that all right? That you didn't mention? You yeah. do whatever your yeah, heart you, desires. You're, you're hey, mate, I'm, I'm just I'm being a good guest. I'm being a good guest. You don't walk into someone's house and then use the shitter and not spray. I can okay. tell you're not American, but it's fine. <laughs> no. This is what you do. Um, Demarcus Robinson is someone we spoke just quickly off air, um, Memphis, uh, about him. I just he, – he doesn't get he, – what is it? Three years now that he's been um, uh, with the Chiefs. He, he just – with what's around him, he just doesn't get the look. Like he's, he's a big, uh, fast – downfield guy, can go up and catch the ball. But, you know, you think you'd need something like that in that offense, but you don't because you've got Tyree Hill, who he doesn't need to be big. Mate, he can throw uh, five metres and he'll take it the, the, the other 90 or he'll get down the field behind the defense. So you don't need that big up and get a guy. But I think he's got so much untapped talent. And when when you look at the catches that he makes and the balls that he gets, he does so much with them. Um, doesn't he's got a great set of hands, mate? What about somewhere like the Eagles? You know, stick it, stick him at the Eagles with Carson Wentz, who can't, you know, he's he's not going to run as much anymore, obviously since the injury. Mate, he throws it downfield. He has absolutely no problems with it. They need a a, a big wide receiver. Ashlon Jeffrey, like, please, that that's over. That was over a couple of years ago. Um, so he he was one guy that I'd really like to see end up somewhere where his talents can be utilised with a quarterback that is not scared to throw it down the field and with a head coach and an offence that will do it. G's over here building like a little kid's Christmas wish list for, for his <laughs> for for his favourite player. Uh, I'm going to go with Devonta Freeman. I can't help it. I think his days of real dynasty and fantasy value are over, but that will never stop me from being a fan of the free bird. I hope he winds up there in Detroit, Rock City, with Jerry. And I would actually like to see Emmanuel Sanders wind up in Philadelphia. You know, Wentz needs some reliable targets. Uh, Jeffrey's going to be on the team whether we like it or not based off that contract. It costs them more money to cut him than to keep him. So he's going to be around. Uh, We'll see what J.J. Ortega-Whiteside can do in year two. Obviously, you got the two tight ends, but... You know, and Emmanuel Sanders is just a pro's pro, and there's there's uh, the Eagles have a lot of draft picks, so it's going to be real interesting. But, gee, um, was on with you recently over on your side of the pond. Uh, what's going on with you and AJ and the Aussie guys right now? Uh, not not much to be honest, mate. Actually, we're, we're going to got a um, well, AJ being a school teacher at the moment is at, like under the pump because of you know the closing of the school, so he's been really busy of the working out what they're all doing at at the school that he works at. He works at a private school, um, so it's, things have been. Uh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. mate. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have a podcast. I got no idea how to use a damn damn computer. <laughs> but, <laughs> Me and you are the same, my friend. <laughs> yeah. But um, look, we've um, we're just lining up. Um, uh, a few guests to start talking about some uh, positions. I'm still looking at um, going through the rookies. I've just finished looking at 40 wide receivers in this class. So uh, all across that, if you want to speak about wide receivers one day in this rookie class, I'm more than happy to help out. Um, but there's actually, uh, we were hoping this Friday, but it'll probably have to be put back 
um, till next week. Uh, there's a young guy in the gym that I train at, actually, and this is a bit of a story. I'll make it quick. Um, I looked at him one day and I go, this dude's built like a running back. Like he's he's about 5'10", 5'11", uh, about 2'10", 2'15", but solid, yeah, like like arms, legs, ass. And I just walked over into him one day because he's wearing my son's school shorts for, for the sports. They have like, you know, color codes. And I said, you know, did you go to this school? And we got we got talking. He said, yeah, yeah. I said, my son goes there. And I said, mate, you, I said, mate, I don't know if you follow American football, but mate, you look like a running back. So you just tell me you know, how big you are so I can sort of get a comparison. And he actually said he's actually got letters of intent to two college uh, teams at the moment. One of them being uh, Florida, is it Florida State, the Seminoles? Yep. And the other one, I believe, is Oklahoma. So he's oh. in talks with them at the moment to hopefully get a scholarship to go be a running back at those two schools. So it's a bit up in the air now with the whole coronavirus thing. Um, but we want to get him on the show and just because it's not a position that Australians play. We're kickers, maybe an offensive lineman here and there. But um, so that's someone we're going to bring up uh, soon on the show and, and just have a talk to see what he's doing from a guy that's not brought up around football, basically, American football. Well, that sounds like fun. Jerry, what's going on in your world? You got your internet back. You're going to be back on the show. We've got another show. We're going three-time, three-time, three-time podcast this week. We're going to be back around here on Friday with Mr. J.P. Hurley of the Giant Dynasty. Guys machines. Uh, the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Jerry, anything for these fine people? Nothing, man. I'm just trying to adjust to this new situation we got going on. I finally got to talk to G. He's handsome as ever. <laughs> Wise words from Randy and G. Uh, that's what I needed. That's what I needed in my life. I need that pick-me-up. You guys are like a drug and just insert it right into my veins to just get me through to the next day. I appreciate talking to you guys every time and always. I'm just it's the a, accent. Yeah, I'm not every time. I'm just forgetting about that drug and just to inject that vaccine right square in my <laughs> veins. But uh, how, how how are things over there for you guys? Just quickly. We is it if, where, where I live, we're basically I go to work, I go to the house. That's really it. The grocery store when I need to uh, is not, a zoo. Not 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 too bad. At least where I live, I live just north of Indianapolis. Uh, I can't speak for Jerry. He lives kind of out in the sticks. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I mean, it's like twenty miles away from like a big city, Ann Arbor, where the University of Michigan is. Um, it's no chicken, no meat, no bread, no milk. I got. I got lactate. I got lactate milk in the fridge. I got like some weird soy eggs or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. I'm trying new things. That's the good news. I, I, well, there's a positive out of it. Yeah, you know, right. We get to try new things. So, I, I, uh, I will just say here in the states, it seems to be that the closer you live to a city or a major urban metropolitan area where people are living on top of each other in say apartment complexes or condominium complexes it seems to be a lot worse you know the, yeah. the, the, the further you get away from civilization it seems like it's a little bit better but I, I think we just need to adhere to what we're being asked to do what were you going to say g oh, i was uh, like we've had all the, the big bushfires you guys would have seen all that over here and look mate uh, we all sort of pat ourselves on the back which is great and and we do we we help each other out and we donated money 
but what I've found with with everything that's going on, especially here, like the supermarkets, just people fighting over toilet paper is just absolutely the most bizarre thing ever. Oh, you guys got that uh, going on too? Oh, mate, yeah, we've had that going on for a couple of weeks now. Um, is it what I, what I've learned is that as a society, as a, as a race, we we haven't changed much from you know, over thousands of years. When when you actually have skin in the game, it's everybody for themselves. You know, it's just, it's the most unbelievable thing. Like we, we have people here driving, getting busloads of people driving hundreds of kilometres into the countryside to raid their supermarkets now. It is just, it's just nuts. And if, if, if everybody just went about their life as normal, everything would be fine. Everything would be fine. But it only, that's, it, isn't it? It's the, it's the herd mentality. You know, one person starts, two people start, goes from two to four, four to eight, you know, before you know it, you're a hundred and now you've got a thousand people just all just mass riding, basically. Without riding, but you know what I mean. Listen, well, if there is a mass riot here, I'm going to want you on my side, G. Hey, and, gun, and your, gun your... sales are up in the States, man, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, that's what we do. Well, this is what happens when I get Jerry and G together. i got to wrangle this thing back in, but I'm just going to say this before the normal close. If you have the chance to do the right thing, do the right thing. I had a great mentor who taught me in the world of business, there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. And if there's ever time to follow that advice, it's right now. There's never a wrong time to do the right thing, whether that's for your dynasty roster or for the rest of mankind. But on behalf of G, on behalf of Jerry, and on behalf of myself, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a little bit better for fantasy football. We'll see you right back here real soon with one Mr. J.P. Hurley. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'm the man of the hour, the man of the power, too sweet to be sour.